sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Now stay in the same book. But look at uh, Proverbs chapter number 30. And uh, look at verse number, let's see, verse number um, 24 and 25. Proverbs 30, 24, and 25. There are four things which are little upon the earth, but they are exceeding wise. Now here are those four things. I'm only going to read one of them and preach the next four Sunday nights, the Lord willing. Now please, please underline that, the Lord willing. The ants are a people not strong. Yet they prepare their meat in the summer. Let me read that again. The ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare. I want you to say that with me out loud. Prepare. Say it again. Prepare. Preparation is the outcome of wisdom. The Bible says the ant. Go to the ant and you can find wisdom. Look in verse 24. But they are exceeding wise. Father, in Jesus' name tonight, I pray through the power of the Holy Spirit that you'll let all sin, all iniquity, all transgression in my existence, in my heart, in my soul, and in my spirit be forgiven and washed clean. If you're in here tonight and you're saved, help me pray. God, I beg you, please, to touch me. And I pray you'll touch us in such a way that nothing would stand between us getting what you have for us. Church, I want you to pray out loud with me. Jesus, would you forgive us? Would your word help us as we hear it and live it? We love you. Talk to us. Help us. We'll give you glory. In Jesus' name, say it in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. God told Abraham to go to a country that he did not know anything about, even as he was comfortable where he was. God told Elijah to go to Zarephath, and a widow would feed him there. God told Moses to go to the mountain and he'd receive the covenant of the law uh, as we know the Ten Commandments. In the New Testament, he told the church in its great commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel. He also told that Gentile revivalist, Paul, he told him, he said, you go to the Gentiles and tell them of the mighty works of God. Tonight, I want to tell you, he's telling us to go to the ant and pick up some wisdom about preparation. Now, it is vitally important that anything you do, you be prepared before you start out. A lot of people want to do the thing that they feel like is important, but they're not prepared to do it. Our college students, they're not here as a number, as a tither, or as a filler for these seats. 
They're here to prepare themselves for a generation out there that is waiting on their message and their ministry. It is vitally important that no preacher stand up half-cocked or half-baked to do anything in a world that's not half-sinful, but completely dominated by the devil and the forces of evil. Am I right about it? It's vitally important that we understand God puts heavy weight and emphasis on preparation. One of the hardest things that I ever done was to sit in college and take classes that I didn't feel were important and to sit in college and 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 not be able to stimulate my preaching gift and I didn't get to preach near as much as you fellas do here. I didn't know anything about a jail ministry. Uh, I had to go find it for myself. I didn't know anything about I mean, we went street preaching. When we wanted to preach, we'd just get four or five of us and go downtown and stand up on a soapbox and, and just get up and preach. I mean, just go after it. Right downtown Tacoa. And we've been turned into the police and the college come get us. And, and, and I mean, just uh, 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 talked about worse than strangers in town. But that was all right. I, I loved the preaching. and But the hardest thing in the world for me to do was to sit there and finish my education and to put emphasis on preparation. But I want to tell you, at 57 years old, looking back at 24 years old, I sure am glad I stayed where God put me. And I sure am glad I came out on the other end of that. I didn't become brilliant. I didn't glean a whole lot of knowledge. I didn't glean a whole lot of wisdom. But I want to tell you what it did do. I finished. And that means a lot to the character of an individual when somebody else is coming to hear him preach. Why do they want to hear somebody preach that half prepared or a third prepared or three quarters prepared and bailed out? Listen to me. It is God might have spoke to you to quit. God might have moved you from where you was. God might have been in on it. But if he wasn't, you in a mess now. Are you listening? Preparation is very important. I want to give you, by way of introduction, just something simple. Let's look at the ant for wisdom. Number one, I want you to look uh, 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 something about the ant and glean some wisdom from it. First of all, his defense is in the power of his mouth. Most ants will fight you when they bite you. Steve went down to the mailbox one day down here to get the mail. And he stepped out around that mailbox, and there was an ant bed down there. And I don't know how many got him, but, but Steve began to swell up. And everywhere they bit him, everywhere they, he called, they popped me. Everywhere they popped him, he had a red place, and it, it swelled up, and it just, I mean, all around it. It just looked like somebody had shot him with a twenty-two. I mean, those little things are powerful in their, uh, their defense of what they defend. It's in their mouth. Did you know that your defense against Satan is not your ability to preach? Did you know your defense against that which would doom your preparation and tear your preparation? Listen to me close. Uh, the defense that you have is not in your scriptural knowledge. It's not in your ability to stand and, and look like a preacher. It is in your ability 
to take your mouth and talk to your God and get God on your behalf. You see, the defense of the Christian is not the telephone. The defense of the Christian is not the tithe. The defense of the Christian is not perfect attendance. The defense of the Christian is not sitting in a pew saying out at church. The defense of a Christian is when he gets down. Hey, listen, let me show you the position the devil hates. He hates it when a man gets down on his face and the power of his mouth becomes his defense before the Lord. I heard about uh, a man and his wife who was dedicated believers. They came out of the Wind Dixie. They was carrying their groceries and had a child with them. There was a man came out from behind a car and accosted them and said to them, I want those groceries in that car and the keys to it. And he claimed to have a pistol. And the man said, that's no problem. He said, I'll take you wherever you want to go, and you can eat here, take these groceries. He said, honey, let's get this man some help and try to do what we can for him. Looks like he's down on his luck. And the man just stood there. He said, sir, where are you going? I'll be glad to take you. You can have the groceries and any money I have. The man had already grabbed one of the bags up here. He threw it down and took off running in the woods. It scared him so bad and shocked him so bad that the fellow said he just picked his groceries up, put them in his car, and went home. You say, preacher, what is the power of that? The power of that was in his mouth. What he said caused the demons of hell to back off because they were confused by the language of a believer. And I promise you this, if you want the devil off of you, fight him. With your mouth. And I'm not talking about leaving teeth print. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm tired of him. Sick him, God. Get him off my back, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I plead the blood. Oh, look out. He's throwing down ghostly. Learn some wisdom in your preparation from the ant. Number two, his determination is second to nobody. How many of you have ever tried to kill ants in your yard? You had rather tackle trying to talk your wife out of a shopping trip to the mall. I guarantee you, you'll get more done with a woman on a, on a mission to shop then you will try to eradicate ants. <laughs> I bought five bags of ant killer. I pour in one, and you'll come back the next day, and you'll say, Got that joker, and his mama, and his daddy, and that thing will be as empty as the heart of many daddies. But don't look 30 feet away. Because they done got the Hilton built right over there. They done set up rooms for rent. 
and other ants are over there calling over one another. They're not stopping to argue. They're not stopping to figure out what happened. They're not stopping to try to get a blueprint for a new house. They're not stopping to try to figure out who was responsible or to get an excuse together and try to figure out who was to blame. They just say, when you pour something in their house, they say, hey, boy, let's go. And just go over there and dig in again. God, give me some church members that don't care what happened. They're not in the business of blaming. They're not in the business of sitting around trying to figure it out. They don't have a spirit of quitting. They don't have a spirit of stopping. They don't have a spirit of giving up. They just got a spirit of going on. It's the best in the power of his mouth. <laughs> you, you, you get on the telephone, talk to every church member we got. All you're doing is aggravating the Bible. But when you kneel down and start talking to God, you have summoned soldiers' help. The angels of glory are mounting up, loading up, and fixing to shoot up a whole bunch of men. Then, the determination is second to none. I don't care what you do, they ain't leaving. Their first cousin might be in your next door neighbor's yard, but they ain't setting up housekeeping with family. They building with the same crowd that left out that hole you just poisoned. And they'll just move on. They've moved all. They, hey, they live everywhere at my house except in it. And I'm not so sure they might have something in a closet I hadn't been in lately. Am I right about it? Learn some wisdom tonight. You know what most of us need? A good old-fashioned dose of grab it and growl and quit worrying about how's it going to happen, when's it going to happen, where's it going to happen, who's it going to happen with. Best thing we can do is just get a hold of what God's called us to do and bless God do it. Get determined. <laughs> just get determined. Number three. His duties are well known to him. He's not jockeying for position with the other hands. He's not saying, I don't want to carry dirt that big. <laughs> well, get out of my way. I'm carrying mine. No, I want yours. Spit it out, you little devil, before I bite you. They don't get in the middle of the building and start jockeying for position. They don't say, I want to be in the pulpit. They don't say, I want to be on the floor. They don't say, I want the microphone. They don't say, I want to be in the spotlight. What they do is what they're capable of doing according to their duties, their servants. And if you're going to keep the house built and keep reproduction going in the bottom of it, you can't be worried about everybody else's duties. Let me say something. To all of us around here, this isn't a problem. I'm not. I'm not on a hobby horse. I, I have no idea of anybody I'm talking to here. But I tell you, the best thing you can do in an outfit like this, in a group like this, mind your own business. Listen to me real good here. Just mind your own business. Do your own thing and praise your God like it's going out of style. And don't worry about what everybody else is doing. That's good for about 25. I heard. Are you listening? Well, I just believe I ought to be the choir director. Well, I guess you can believe by that. I believe I ought to be president of the United States, but I ain't, I ain't in the White House yet. No, sir. I am where God put me, 
I will do what God told me, and I will stay out of everybody else's stuff that I ain't got nothing to do with. Somebody give me praise. Right there. I need to, I need to get a witness right there. Amen. It's duty. My duty is to preach. <laughs> I went down here the other day to one of these guys working, and I was looking for one of the workers, and I'd gotten friends with a couple of them. I didn't even know I'd know them. Uh, and I had not I had no idea who they were. I went down there, and I knew one of them. And I said, I was looking for so-and-so. He said, what do you want him for? He said, I thought you was a preacher. I said, I am. He said, you preach, we'll dig. I said, how would you like me to get up on that caterpillar and start preaching and dig you? He laughed and had a big time. And Brother Carlisle, i got to stop and say this. A lot of that pipe down there came from where you work. And those boys down there that are working know you. And the people that brought that pipe know you. Everybody on the bottom of that hill knows you. And they spoke of you so highly, I wondered who they were talking about. I said, praise God, I got one church member that I don't have to go get out of jail to preach to him. But they do. They, they respect your reputation. is something you never need to lose or tarnish. You've protected it well. And I appreciate that. Duties around here all the time. I have to play fireman. You know what fireman does? Puts out fire. And you know what most of my fire putting out's over? People getting in other people's stuff trying to do what they ain't qualified to do and ain't been told to do. <laughs> and there's nothing anymore. Now, I'm sure not talking about you because I can't get you to do what you're supposed to do. So don't sit there and get under conviction. This ain't got nothing to do with you. <laughs> but it's the truth. <laughs> and and uh, Brother Hurt and I have been here long enough together to where we, we pool the wisdom God's given us and the mind that God's given us. We say, now, what do you think? Well, the, the thing I see here is somebody is vacillating in their place of response. They're getting over in somebody else's stuff. Brother Hank, you got framers. Don't let them plumb the toilet. You got electricians. Don't let them frame the house. God, they'll shock the whole community into oblivion. In a church where God blesses, He blesses because people get their gifts together and they get their gifts in themselves and understood. And they stay within the realm of their responsibility. And that builds a church. Number four, his devotion is to the throne. His devotion is to the throne. His devotion is not to what he's doing personally. And his devotion is not to his gifts and calling. His devotion is not to those workers around him. His devotion is not to the work. His devotion is to the queen who sits on the throne in that anthill. Why? Because it's not up to the ants to reproduce. It's up to the ants to glorify the one that does reproduce. Listen, reproduction does not come from my preaching. Reproduction comes from the Holy Ghost restraining people and convicting people and they're saved from the throne. So learn from the ants. The Bible teaches us 
four wisdom keys for preparation with the ant. Now, as Christians, as Christians, I will love. Uh, I just 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 put put them all three up there, Brother Timmy. Just put them all three up there, if you will, please, sir. I don't want to. I've already preached enough. I'm sopping wet, and, and I and, and, and we'll go home. But I want you to look at these three things. In your preparation as a, as a child of God, there's three things that you need to make sure is prepared. Not, and let me just give you these. And not, I'm on, the, the, the verses are there. I'm not even going to read them. The first thing you need to do to prepare yourself to glorify the throne and to make sure that your emphasis is right, you need to make sure your salvation is sure. All your preparation before you meet God is not going to be worth a tinker if you're not born again. If you're here tonight and you think you're assured of heaven by being here tonight, you're wrong. If you think you're assured of heaven by getting baptized, if that was the case, I wouldn't be preaching. I'd be hosing. Amen? If you think Going to heaven is being kin to somebody going. I promise you this, you'll be as left behind as demons. It does not do you a bit of good to learn the four things I told you about the ant and be wise and be lost. Your salvation is sure. I want you to give God a Thanksgiving week hand clap. If you know you're saved and you're glad of it. Ha <laughs> That's better than turkey. And the one you're applauding is the only one that issues salvation. Number two, you need to make sure every day your sin is settled. That first John 1 9, 8, 9, and 10. It's vitally important to your sins. As a Christian, is there anybody in here who's saved that believes after you get saved you never sin again? Is there anybody that's living in that fog theology? You know there's a lot of people that believe in sinless perfection. They call it they call it the eradication of the old man. They believe when you get saved, you have the new man, the Holy Spirit comes into your life, and you don't have the potential to do anything wrong again. If that's the case, I never got saved. And guess what? Neither did they. They're living in a pipe dream. If they think one minute the Bible substantiated, why would John say if? We confess our sins. He would have said, if you all confess your sins, or if they confess their sins, if it had been somebody... But John, the writer of the epistle, said, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and the truth is us. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, chapter 2 and verse 1 says, Little children, I write these things unto you that you sin not. But if you do, you have an advocate with the Father, who is Jesus Christ the righteous. Why would He say, I write these things that you sin not? The Word of God will keep you out of sin. But if not, 
the possibility exists. So that means, that how many of you last week did something you don't want nobody else to know about, ain't none of nobody's business, and you had to get forgiveness for it? Let me see your hand, all right? All right. Now, if all them people are lost, if all them people are lost, then the blood doesn't have any power, and you're in and out, in and out, up and down like a yo-yo. But if you are living in preparation for God's coming, you need to keep... You don't need to be walking around praying, God make me perfect, God make me perfect, God make me perfect. You need to be walking around saying, God have mercy on me. I know I'm not perfect, but I want my sin under the same blood that got me into the body of Christ. Practice it every morning. When we prayed this morning, we prayed tonight. We prayed for God's forgiveness. You can't hear God's Word and do it in your own self if Satan is lambasting you with temptation and you giving in to it. More people sit in a Baptist church every Sunday without the ability to receive the Word because sin occupies the place the Word wants to get in. God help me. God help you. Number three, make sure your service is spiritual because we're going to meet God one of these days. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I have to read... I have to read 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I have to read this. And stand up, we'll go. Come on. I got so much to preach on me tonight, we'll be here till midnight. We're confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. He said, There's coming a day when you're going to leave that body that just stood and you're going to another planet, you're going to another universe. You're going to another city whose building maker is God. The Bible says that in verse 8. If you are absent from this body, you as a Christian, I talking to believers, you're present with the Lord. But now wait a minute. There's some of us that don't need to get real hyper there. Because we're not ready to be with you. You know why? Because you're going to have to give an account. And tonight, if the account was totaled up, some of us would be minor. Look what it goes on to say. Wherefore? Oh, what a word. Because of this, we labor. Because we're going to meet God. We labor that. Or so that, whether present or absent, we may be accepted in Him. Well, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in His body. Where's that? The now. Right here today. We will receive what is done in the body according to that He hath done, whether it be good or bad. Now, that's why number two in that outline is so important. You better keep those sins under the blood. And you better do it every day. Because if he comes and you playing in the sandbox lollygagging with the devil's crowd, you'll be with the Lord. And wish to God you wouldn't. Because everything that you do, and I do, well, there will be an account given. Tonight, I preached a message from God's Word. This Bible is plain. I'll give an account for what I said to you. And guess what? How many of you heard what I preached tonight? Everybody with a hand up will give an account for what you heard. Therefore, to be absent from the body is to be with Him. He said with Him is accountable. He said giving an account for those deeds done in the body, whether they be good 
Well, what did they do that? I think the best thing for us to do is hit the altar. Every time we come, and every day we live, bow in a place somewhere, and with a repentant heart, ask God to apply the blood to our life. How many people would come and join your preacher? While we pray tonight, that God would help us be prepared from the wisdom of the ant, preparation is made to meet him when he comes back. Brother Hurt, pray for us, please, sir. Lord Jesus.